the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Yesterday on CNBC, an analyst from Credit Suisse predicted inflation collapse will launch powerful market rally. I noted that because it was the day before a big CPI number that was due to come out. His quote was, this is actually what's being priced into the market broadly. Every one of us sees when we go to the gas station that the price of gasoline is down and oil is down. We see it even with food. So it really is showing up in the data already. And that's a big potential positive. Wrong. (laughs) One day ago, he made this bold statement. And one day later, he looks like a jack monkey. Um, what do I mean? Inflation rose more than expected in the CPI. The markets are down big today in large part because the Fed is now expected to raise interest rates 75 basis points. Some people are speculating for a hundred basis points when they meet next week. So we at least kick the can down the road one more month, maybe one more quarter before we start saying, when will we see inflation numbers come down the way we want them to? It wasn't a big change, which is kind of surprising in the magnitude of the drop in the markets today. Let me explain. Consumer prices climbed at an 8.3% annual pace in August. They were expected to decelerate one-tenth of a percentage point. They accelerated one-tenth of a percentage point. That's not a lot, right? It doesn't sound like it, but dang it, wrong. Survey says zero. 8.3% is a horrific number. If I was retired right now, I'd be saying, well, I better tighten my belt because this money has to last me till I die. Now let's see what specifically went up and what specifically went down. The drop in gasoline prices was the only bright spot that I could find so far parsing the data. Cost of shelter, food, and medical care all jumped. Gasoline prices, uh, let me give a specific on that one, 10.6% slide. Um, Even my son, who's not the brightest, (laughs) I say that as a joke. I say that as a joke. He said the other day as we're passing a gasoline station, he goes, look, gas prices come back down. I'm like, good for you. My nuts a bright child. I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. No, no, I didn't say that. But energy prices across the board fell 5%. Now, again, don't forget there's a lot going on. Like, did energy prices drop in Europe? And what are they? what is their winter looking like? So there's a lot to be concerned about. But gasoline prices were a relief. That's exactly what we wanted to see. But what we didn't want to see, the cost of shelter, food, and medical care all jumped, things that we have to have. Shelter costs jumped seven tenths of a percent. They're up 6.2% from a year ago. Medical care services rose eight tenths of a percent. That's up 5.6% from August 2021. New vehicle prices also rose, increasing eight tenths of a percent. Though used vehicles fell slightly. Do you remember back in the pandemic, used vehicles jumped like 35, 40%? 
I didn't get have people knocking on my door. Hey, can I buy your truck? But it felt like that. My father-in-law said he sold his truck during the pandemic and got a new one. <laughs> he was kind of opportunistic like that. Um, but then again, he also got a new car from Southern California. They bought sight unseen and it didn't have a reverse camera in it. And he's old enough that he has to have a reverse camera. And so it really wasn't the car that he thought he was buying. So this data to me tells me it's not over. It's not like Friday the 13th. Yes, it is like Friday the 13th. Jason's been whacked in the head with an ax. He's down on the ground. He's finished. The man and the woman, the lovers, the starstruck lovers are hugging each other saying, I can't believe that happened. All our friends are dead. All our friends are dead. We, we made it though. We love you. And then Jason pops up with an ax. That is exactly like what's happening right now. It's not over. The Fed has more work to do to keep Jason on the ground and dead and buried. The report makes clear the Fed's going to raise interest rates three quarters of a point next week, maybe a hundred basis points. You know what I say? Do it today. Um, <laughs> I have a weird way of picking fights with men. Oh, just, just punch me if you want to punch me. Just raise the interest rates, Fed. Get it over with. I'm not afraid of you. It's going to happen. Um, I think the Fed wants stocks lower. I think the Fed wants housing costs lower. I've made an egregious amount of money in the last 20 years on real estate, an egregious amount of money in stocks. Last year, I made more in one year in real estate than I made in my previous 19 years put together. Yeah, that's probably pretty close, but it's probably pretty true. That was just a paper game, but boy, did I feel rich. I'm not saying I don't today, but I've easily lost $500,000, $600,000 in value in paper gains. You're saying, give me some of that. I hear you. I'll give you some love though. Um, inflation doesn't come down slowly. It's like when water's flood into New Orleans, whoosh. You see like a tidal wave coming in, that's inflation. And it takes weeks and weeks and weeks. In this case, months and months and quarters and quarters to see it come lower. It'll work its way lower. Water finds its own level, as in floods. But same with inflation. I'm not giving up on this commentary. I'm not moving on because I'm scared of it. I just think we don't want to be uh, a dead cow, a dead horse. A dead armadillo. Don't beat dead animals. 103 days till Christmas. I know you're saying, really? Are you really counting the days till Christmas? Yes. Because Wall Street is a discounting mechanism, and they will count the days till Christmas. If you're thinking about flying over Christmas, guess what? It's going to be more pricey. Flights for the holidays will be most expensive in five years. Fair tracker Hopper said on Monday. Hopper's one of those apps that like says, you know, if you take American Airlines from San Francisco to Chicago, and then you take Spear Airlines from Chicago to Washington, D.C., and while you're coming back, if you take Southwest from D.C. to Texas, and um, then you jump on a flight with Delta from Texas to San Francisco or to Oakland, and you use five different airports, we're going to save you $200 on a $800 flight. That's one of those companies. Uh, me, myself, one of the few perks that I'll give myself, one of the few luxuries, I fly direct if I can. 
the only way I'll do a connecting flight at my age is if, if it's, there's no other options. So I'll, I'll be like, let's go to a small island. Let's go to Belize. And uh, no, no, that's not good. Please. Let's go to Tonga. And I'll say, is there a direct flight from San Francisco to Tonga? And they're like, no, it's a tiny island. You can't have a direct flight from LA and San Francisco and Houston all going to Tonga. Doesn't work like that, Mr. Black. Okay, fair enough. So airfares are going to be more expensive. The average domestic airfare for Thanksgiving is going to be $350. International trips are going to average $795. That's a 22% increase compared with 2019. Did your wages go up 22% since 2019? Or will holiday travel take more of your wages? That's why we care about inflation. That's why inflation is Jason. He's dead on the ground. Don't look back over your shoulder. He's dead. You don't have to worry about anything. Domestic round trip tickets over Christmas, which falls on a weekend this year, are nearly a third more expensive than 2019. Average four hundred and sixty-three bucks, while international travel is up twenty-six percent to thirteen hundred. So Thanksgiving's up, but Christmas is up even more. <laughs> Chasing again, popping up. Stay down, dead man. Traveling during peak days, obviously, going to be more expensive. If you do the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, try to have some flexibility in your travel. Travel experts recommend flexibility. I recommend flexibility. Um, for a guy who can barely touch his toes. Um, hmm. Cheap fares may be hard to find on any day this holiday season because airlines have improved their control over how many seats that they sell. And there's also kind of a problem with the number of pilots uh, qualified for travel. Airlines are much better at this right now. They fly just a lot fewer flights on Christmas Day. It's cheaper, but it's not significantly cheaper. So don't think you're going to get that hack, that workaround. Um, summer was a crazy time for travel this year. Shortfall of planes, shortfall of staff, backlog of training. Uh, that's not going to immediately ease. That's probably the theme of the day. Things don't go away as fast as you want them to. Floodwaters take time to go down. Man, it comes in fast, but it leaves slowly. I would say start pricing flights now if you're planning on traveling. And I think saving $200 per flight for a family of four, $800, it's worth creating a little five-minute job a day checking flights. And there's even some companies that you can sign up with, um, Kayak, that'll say, here's when your fares may drop. Here's when they won't drop. And they'll send you little emails every day. Staying on the topic of flying, Expedia CEO said people are traveling like crazy. That's not exactly a term that I like to hear. Like, can you define like crazy? People are eating crack cocaine like crazy. People are uh, <laughs> traveling like crazy. What does that mean? But he says, if you've been in an airport, you know what that means. They're too crowded, not enough staff. Okay, that's what crazy means. Bitcoin's having a tough time of it as the markets are having a tough time of it as inflation numbers were slightly higher, one-tenth of a percent, expected down one-tenth of a percent. It really doesn't seem like a lot, but it is exponentially not slowing fast. So imagine you're living in a room filled with 8.1% more water. It needs to go down and it needs to go down to 2% for you to get through that, that garbage and start cleaning it up. That's the inflationary problem. Wee! <laughs> 
and it just won't die. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Okay, I got to close my eye real quick. When I open them, I'm going to be looking at the stock market. So work with me. I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but I know that futures were down full. Let's see where we opened this morning. Not good. Not horrific, but not good. Uh, down 548 on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, down 343 on the growthier NASDAQ. That's down 2.8%. The S&P 500, which is somewhere between the Dow and the NASDAQ as far as growth goes, down 2.08%. That's a pretty big drop. Now, let me explain why I say that. When I was seven, eight years old, I was reading the business section. Yes, I was reading the business section at seven or eight. Um, there was a business section in the newspaper. I know. How do you explain newspapers to millennials? There used to be this thing that was delivered to your door that had like 60 sheets of paper in it that you would read the sports section and the business section and the life section and the world headlines as well as local. The business section would be probably like 10 AP stories, but then they would list four pages of stock prices. Every stock that you can imagine was listed. And it went alphabetically. And then there was a page or two of mutual funds that were the most popular in the world. Every mutual fund, USA had a growth fund. USA had an income fund. And you could like watch these on a daily basis. And in the chart or in the aligning chart in rows, it would say things like year to date, weekly, daily changes. To get a 2% move in the Dow just never happened. It was reserved for special days. There weren't a lot of Everything's going to, or Dow futures are down full 100% today. Um, that was reserved for the craziest days, like a Black Friday. The, the stock market moved at a much slower pace up and a slower pace down. Now we can get these overreactions thanks to CNBC and other media outlets that get you worked up in a tizzy. Am I really worried that inflation was supposed to fall one-tenth of a percent, but it rose one-tenth of a percent? I'm not. If it rose 2 to 3%, I'd be like, okay, I was completely wrong on this one. Now we need to go back to the drawing board, erase everything, and figure out plan B. Um, it's going to be this time next year when we know whether or not prices are kind of trending where we want them to go. It's not going to be a monthly confirmation. It's going to be a quarterly uh, confirmation. Again, it's just it's it's worth restating. When you get flooded in your basement and you, there's six feet of water, or like right now, 8.1% of water, 8.1 feet, to get it all the way down to two feet where you're like, oh, I can go down there and start looking at my goods. 8%, you're like, whoa, there could be sharks down there. I'm not going down there. You can't even see the bottom of the house. So you kind of see where this is going. Um, every individual stock that I own is down today. <laughs> And I'm not all that upset. I'm not in retirement. I have a plan for retirement. I have emergency money. Um, the dividends that I own in companies like Disney and Nike and uh, Apple, I expect them to continue to pay. I, I don't think they're going to say our business model has changed dramatically. Yesterday, we were doing stories on. Apple and how the pro versions of their phone, their watch, and their AirPods 
are selling better than the standard versions of their new phones, AirPods, and watch. That'll equal higher margins. I don't see that as a bad thing. Like, oh, yesterday's news was so good, but today it just wipes it all out and we're, we're going to the death camp. I'm so sorry if anyone's relatives ever went to a death camp. I know you're not, I'm not supposed to compare stocks going to a death camp. I get it. Um, but the news didn't change that much. And Frank isn't walking the streets right now going, well, I wonder if I can find an attic to stay in. It's not that horrific because also last night when I did a story about how air travel is great, it's too great. Um, and the big problem with air travel right now is a shortage of what I call air waitresses and waiters, stewardesses and stewards, as well as pilots. The pilots are the one that worry me. I don't mind not getting a diet soda on a flight or only getting one on a five-hour trip versus two because they don't have enough staff. I'm cool with that. But the pilots are the one that worry me. Okay, okay, okay. As my friend Matthew Mahana would say, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, let's move on. I know it's not easy to do because you kind of want to continue to look at the car crashes we're driving by it. Should I sell my home right now? How about that for a tease? Home sellers may be facing a closing window on today's still warm but cooling real estate market. With the Federal Reserve expected to raise interest rates another 75 basis points, expect mortgage costs to go even higher. There's signs that homes are slowly but steadily staying on the market longer. As would-be sellers are facing a hard choice of sell now or not. Lower my price or not. In politics, they say all politics are local. Um, home buying is local as well. Gages like home tours and home buying services from Redfin agents rose seven points during the last week of July with mortgage purchase applications ticking up for the first time in over a month. So we just started getting used to the higher mortgage rates. Playing with that 6% handle, now we're going to go above 6%. Some parts of the United States remain in a bidding war territory. Utah, Washington, Florida continue to see 20% plus appreciation where sellers can expect above offers, above asking offers. If you live in a low inventory market and buyers outnumber properties, sellers can expect to cash in. So there are little niches, but they're starting to dry up very, very fast. Rising rates again. Fed rate increases can, of course, work against you as a seller because it will reduce the pool of would-be buyers, the number of people bidding on it, the number of people going back to their agent saying, what do you think it's going to take to get this done? There's always a bull market somewhere. But right now, I think the Fed wants to see home prices come down, the stock prices coming down. Um, they're not going to be able to control that for the long term. But for the short term, they're kind of in control by, with fear, not with fundamentals. The job market's healthy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Welcoming Governor. Um, not exactly what we wanted to see. Not the good field number that could have helped the markets extend a summer rally into the fall. Nope. Recent history is repeating itself. Not necessarily a bad thing. 
but peak inflation narrative has been resuscitated again, along with peak hawkishness narratives. The S&P 500 found support at 3,900. The notion that there will be a soft landing has been an active discussion. Global fund manager cash levels are at the highest level since 2001, meaning cash is on the sidelines waiting to come in. Yesterday, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500 all had nice days, continuing a big surge from last Tuesday. There was a hot streak, all right, all right, all right, blazing a trail. Some short covering activity, thinking, uh oh, what if this inflation number comes down and does show it's cooling? Maybe the Fed is wrong. Maybe the Fed is, is not uh, with the times. Well, that all got shot down. <laughs> you remember the Jerome Powell said a couple of weeks ago at Jackson Hole, yeah, inflation's a problem and we're going to continue to fight it. We got a fire hose of inflation rate cuts that, uh, nope, inflation rate hikes that will uh, help dampen and put out the fire of inflation. We are ready and prepared to fight this inflationary fire. And people are like, boo, can't you at least wait to see the data to see if it's coming down? Because we see gas prices are coming down. Boo. And well, he was right. The food index was up 11.4% year over year, the largest 12-month increase since the period ended in May 1979. The energy index was improved, up only 23.8% year over year versus 39% in July. If you take food and energy and shelter out, you still see the index was up 6.4% year over year. Any number over 3% is not acceptable. I consider 4% hot and uncomfortable. 6.4% is way too hot. So the two-year treasury note shot up, the 10-year treasury note shot up, borrowing costs shot up. That's going to change how much how much we're able to make in equity in our homes. It's going to change how much companies are able to take on risk with a return on investment. I'm not going to say this is the most horrific news ever, but again, a recurring theme that I do again and again and again when talking about inflation is inflation came in like a cannonball. It came in like a tidal wave up 9% year over year, up 8% year over year. And that's like going into your basement after a hard rain and seeing nine feet of rain. You wanted to get down to two feet so you can go down there and start figuring out, oh, my baby pictures were ruined. Everything down there is ruined. Everything that used to be cheap is ruined. It's gone. It's going to have a higher cost going forward. That's the expectation that inflation's not um, transitory or transitional. It, it doesn't kind of, gasoline goes up and down, right? So like, what are you saying, Rob? Uh, some things kind of reset higher. Once you get a $20,000 car, the next stop is $25,000 car. Once you get a $25,000 car, the next stop is $30,000. It very rarely goes down. So that's what we're seeing out there today. Um, now, again, who's the winner today? Like, I go back to the queen. When the queen died, everyone's like, I'm so sad. She was there for such a long time, World War I and World War II. And like, she was awesome. We loved her. She went through Vietnam. She went through like 30 presidents and things like that. Not 30 presidents. I'm, I've told myself once, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate. But people in India are like, ah, she's an imperialist. She was colonizing us. <laughs> Some island nations down in, in Bahamas, like, yeah, we, we're not going to miss her. And even though everyone had 
universal respect for there there's still a kind of a thought out there um even though there's a universal respect for her i, I think there's like kind of like let's move on same things kind of going on with inflation right now there's this respect for the federal reserve but again we're seeing interest rates move higher um borrowing costs are going to move higher this should slow the economy this should raise the odds of a recession i use the water level as that makes a lot of sense because your basement gets flooded in one night and it takes three weeks for the water levels to go down it took six months for inflation to get to these high levels. It's going to take six months to 18 months for the, the inflationary numbers to recede. We're at the starting stages of it. Of course, we want it to go faster, but it's not going to work on our timeline. It's going to work on its timeline. Water is a powerful force in nature. Inflation is a powerful force in finances. I've told you for 25 years, the thing that I fear the most is inflation, and this is exactly why. Now, with that said, I'm not freaked out. I'm not in retirement. If I was in retirement, for instance, I have a call this Thursday with CFP, Certified Financial Planner, Brad Stacey, and we're going to talk about my portfolio and the effects of inflation. We're also going to talk about some alternative investments where I'm going to give a chunk of my cash to EP Wealth, so they can invest that cash with companies that are making money that want to acquire other companies that are making money. I don't like lending money to friends. Oh, I got this business idea. Nope. I don't like lending my money to companies that are underwater and, and not making money. Nope. If I look at every stock in my portfolio, and let's just say it's 15 on my personal side. 14 of them are making money. And the one that's not is, is the one that's hurting me most this year. So I could have eliminated that. I got in early on that one this year. And it's, it's been a little bit of a disappointment. Hmm. What else do we have out there today? So inflation is the boogeyman. It refuses to die. We got that little last month. It was cooling, i.e. the hot chick in the horror movie put an axe into the shoulder of Freddy. Or Jason, he's on the ground, he's bleeding out, he's not moving. She hugs her boyfriend, he comes out, where were you the last 45 minutes? And it's like, I was stuck in the middle of the lake and I couldn't get to you, but I got you and I love you. They're kissing and the next thing you know, (laughs) Jason pops back up, takes an axe, knocks his head clean off. So she has to grab the machete one more time. That's where we are. This is the pop-up. This is the scary thing. This This is the not cool part of Jason. But he is going to die. The Fed will beat inflation. This movie too shall end. Um, But I'm sorry, it's not going to do it on your timetable. There was a guy on CNBC yesterday who said the stock market is getting ready to explode higher. And I wrote it down because he's from Credit Suisse. Inflation collapse will launch powerful market rally. Do I want that to happen? Hell yeah, I do. I like looking at my, my paper numbers and going, I'm rich, I'm rich. And today I'm looking at my paper numbers, i.e. I haven't bought or sold. I haven't sold. I haven't confirmed the loss. And I'm going, why do you look so poor? Rob, you look poor. 
And I'm okay looking poor until the end of the year. I look Paul. <laughs> and for the record, I'm wearing, um, what am I wearing? What are those? Oh, sweatpants and a t-shirt right now. I look Paul. Um, I'm okay with it. This time next year, I expect to be in a better place with better clothes on. It's not ideal. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. There's really not a lot to say today. It's the story of inflation. I wish I had better news for you. The guy who was on CNBC yesterday from Credit Suisse saying the stock market's going to have a massive rally because inflation's going to collapse. Um, should he be fired today? No. But that's one of the reasons I don't watch CNBC for anything other than they, I, I used to refer to it as financial pornography. It, it's just not that useful. Here's what you think you're getting. Inflation's going to collapse. You should buy the stock market night right now. You think you're getting someone whispering in your ear the right thing to do. But one segment later, when you've turned off the TV, people are like, inflation's out of control. And then two segments later, you're going to hear, well, inflation's not really out of control, but it's also not going to collapse. And you're going to hear what you want to hear. I would say turn off CNBC. I have never made one investment decision that was worth poop based on what I heard on CNBC. I find Jim Cramer funny. Um, And that's not exactly what you want to hear from someone who's trying to spew out financial advice. I think he's good for the markets in the sense that he is trying to show you what capitalism does over time. But I think he's bad for the individual investor because he's trying to show you how to get in and get out. And it's not that easy. I'd rather you accumulate long-term. Yesterday, I was talking to a director at Cron TV. And uh, she's a young woman, just out of college, first of her generation ever to graduate, first of her uh, family. I think that's so cool. And I said, if you ever need help with finances, please let me know. So today, I'm sending her what to do in your 20s, what to do in your 30s. And I'm going to send her basically a mock portfolio of what she should do in her 401k at Cron. And I'll say, here's what you can do if you want to buy any individual stocks on top of it. Here's how to do it. Now, again, I know she's 20-something. And I know she's dealing with rents that are crazy, college costs that were just crazy. She's dealing with, you know, adulting. So she's in a different position than I was in my 20s. In my 20s, it was a little easier to, like, start a business and, you know, Wait tables in the middle of the night if you had to and make ends meet. It's not that easy right now. So the guy on CBC, the inflation collapse and how markets are gonna, you know, pop crazy. Um, I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying that if you're you're, you're doing it wrong if you're doing it that way. You know, this is gonna be the best year for my 401k in a long time because it's down year. I've put in over $18,000 by the end of the year into my 401k. And for the first time in many years, I'm putting it in when the market's down 5, 10, 15, 20%. So it's not going to be the best year this year, but I expect in 2023 or 2024 that everything I'm putting in now will be at record highs or close to it. 
That's how you get wealthy. If you're looking for instant gratification, you're in the wrong area. Let's take a look at instant gratification, also known as Bitcoin. Bitcoin's probably, I'm guessing, somewhere around 19000 today. Let's see if I'm right or wrong. Because as speculation and fear picks up, Bitcoin collapses because it's speculative. Okay, it's at 21256 down 5%. Remember that number 5%, okay? 5.25% to be specific. The NASDAQ's down 3.3%. Which one's worse? Bitcoin, right? Now, then you see the S&P 500's down 2.5%, showing you that less risky than the NASDAQ, more diversified than the NASDAQ, NASDAQ growthy, but not as specific and hot as Bitcoin. You can see how the risk trends a little bit lower. Most of my 401k is in NASDAQ and S&P 500 type of investment vehicles. Um, I still have a large amount of cash that I'm getting ready to deploy probably in the next two to three months. I'm talking with my CFP Brad on Thursday, and I'll let you know what he and I come up with. I like using Brad to build a consensus because he talks to my spouse. He has that, that, that duty of including her so that she knows what's going on in case, say, a comet hits me or my heart explodes. Um, I'm okay with where these numbers are. Gold, boring. Don't want it. Don't like it. Don't need it. Don't even expect to look at it ever again in my life. If I leave this show today, I will never look at the price of gold again. I promise you. That's how little I think of gold. Copper, on the other hand, I'm always interested in. Copper is an industrial metal. And it works. How does it work? It goes into buildings. It goes into roads. 10-year treasury sits at 3.43%. I'm going to tell you, um, I wish I could curse on this show. show. So for the S word, I'm going to change that to um, poop. And when I look at the 10-year treasury, I go, oh, poop. (laughs) That's not good. What do I mean by that? I buy bonds and I buy income when the 10-year treasury hits over 3.5%. Now, I may have to change that ever so slightly if I'm expecting inflation to cool. If it comes down, I'll be a little bit more like, hmm, you know, maybe this was a buying opportunity. But if I can lock in 3.5% on my income, I'm pretty good with that. Now, wait, 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 wait. But it, with inflation 8%, that's where the, the nope. So really what I'm trying to say is I only like the 10-year treasury at 3.5%, including income ideas when inflation's at 2 to 4%, but when inflation's at 6 to 8 or 6 to 9%, uh-uh. So I have some uncomfortable conversations I'm going to have to make a compromise with with Brad CFP on Thursday. I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Let's see how high the treasury hit today. 3.48. Okay. Eh. That means higher mortgage costs, which higher mortgage costs should mean lower real estate of values. Um, I'm looking at real estate having its own period of deflation as inflation has a period. Inflation will likely be high for, uh, it'll hit a peak and then it'll take six to 18 months to pull off its peak. We still haven't hit the peak or maybe we did. Maybe Maybe we're close to it. Maybe we're just off it. So maybe we're two months into that six to 18-month period before it. Again, these numbers aren't science, but they're pretty close to history for me and my understanding. One minute. 
So I would like to see real estate go down for another year and a half, two years. We've seen one month of real estate going down. It'll have its period of six to 18 months, maybe as much as 36 months, i.e. three years. Why do I say that? Because that's what happened last time. The 2007-2008 real estate crisis took about three years, two to three years for housing prices to bottom. Go look at the history of your home. Look at 2008. Look when the bottom was put in in 2009. Look when prices started falling on a year-over-year basis. History will make you comfortable. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner, drive me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.